Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Passion for Passions. I am here to chat all about the soap opera Passions and everything wonderful and awful and amazing and unbelievable that happens in this show. This episode of the podcast is covering the episodes 246 through 252. Again, I don't know what my range will truly end up being. It's kind of just whenever I have a moment to binge however many episodes I end up watching in that you know, weekend binge is what I end up covering. So in this case, there was a handful of episodes. And things that I was wondering as we started off this set on 246, I wanted to know, is Chad going to live or die? I felt like I have an answer to that, which I will mention why even, you know, beforehand. Um, and I was also wondering, okay, so Ethan is at the, you know, honeymoon spot with Teresa. What's going to happen there? Is something truly going to happen? Or whatever, you know. And in Sheridan and Luis's drama, are they going to get somewhere? Are they going to continue hating each other as deeply as they always have? Like, what's going to happen? And also, what's going on with prom and the disco ball drama? Is something going to happen there? These were my key questions at the start. And why I think when I started watching this, I hadn't, I had not known this yet. Um, but why I was thinking that Chad is going to live in some capacity is not because of any hints from the show but I figure you know he's a pretty well-established character at this point they're probably not gonna let him die but because I was looking I'm a patron of the podcast passions podcast um and I was gonna bring this up and I forgot but I'm bringing it up anyway so yes there's a podcast by two fans called passions podcast and they recently started a patreon campaign and um I was actually just on the Patreon right now. Patreon, if you don't know, is basically kind of a, a crowdfunding website. So if you've ever heard of Kickstarter or Indiegogo, except that it's not funding like one specific thing, like, uh, you know, a, a fridge or a cell phone or something weird like that. I don't know why these are the examples I came up with or a video game. It's more like it's funding the creators of that thing. So... In the case of Passions Podcast, it is them pretty much just, you know, if you support that podcast, if you want potentially extra things like maybe access to some live uh, Passions watches with them or access to their uh, Discord, then that would be, you know, you could get those perks if you become a patron of them and it's like a monthly fee pretty much, but you determine what you want that monthly fee to be. So yeah, I don't know them. They don't know me, really. I've only commented on their Twitter or uh, Patreon a couple times, so they don't really know who I am. But so I, it's not like I'm promoting them because I'm sort of secret cabal with them. But either way, yeah, I'm a patron of them. And if you are listening to this podcast, you are probably listening to Passion's podcast already, um, would be my guess. But if you're not, you absolutely should be because it's hilarious and wonderful. And I love the you know camaraderie, the back and forth, singing the theme song of Passions, which I love. And I do every episode as well. I'll just sing it as when I'm watching it. I don't do it here. Um, but I appreciate that. If I could, I would love to have a co-host on this show. But, you know, I don't have any friends who watch Passions, even though I tried. So uh, it's me. <laughs> anyway, what they recently did, which is what made me think about it, is they had an interview with Don's uh, actor Don's uh, Swabby. Sorry if I pronounced his name wrong. I actually don't have access because I'm not a high enough patron. But that is the they mentioned him as being the 
uh, actor for Chad, the first Chad actor. So by the since they said that, I realized okay, there that means there's another Chad actor. That means Chad doesn't die right now. There's going to be Chad later. So that's how I realized that Chad is not dead or going to die from this. Anyway, that's my tangent. Uh, but yes, okay. So that's what I thought. He's not going to die, but I was still curious about what was going to happen there. Like, is he going to wake up? He's going to have amnesia too. Like, what's going to happen here? Anyway, but would they play at storyline again? Maybe. <laughs> so we start off again with uh, Ethan and Teresa. They're in Bermuda, and so is Julian. And I hate this plot point that Ethan is like jealous of Julian, that they have to position Julian as a threat to Teresa. I hate this. I hate Julian. How old is he supposed to be? Mm, 50 at the youngest? I don't, I'm not saying how old the actor is, but like how old is Julian supposed to be? If he's 50, that's too old. If he's 40, that's too old. If he's 30, that's mm, still could. I mean, okay, whatever. I can't control people. And sometimes people do maybe have meaningful relationships with large age gaps. Okay, fine. My concern is just this plot point. I hate Julian. He's disgusting. He doesn't, obviously, he doesn't, you know, respect women or marriage. And the fact that he's trying to prey on Teresa specifically, you know, he wants to corrupt her innocence. I hate that. I hate Julian. I want him, I want this to stop. It's terrible and disgusting and creepy. Either way, that's my anger about that. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't like that, um, at all. Sorry, it's just, like, so gross. But, uh, of course, we're also flipping back to the hospital with Chad. And, of course, Eve is there. Everyone is there for the beginning anyway, trying to, you know, make sure that Chad's going to survive. He does have a surgery, and he, he makes it through that, but then he goes into his separate room, one thing that Whitney says basically when she's alone with Chad is that she's going to admit her feelings if he survives. I'm like, okay, I wonder if she really will or if that's just going to be another dramatic thing where she keeps hiding it. You know, like, for example, Eve has multiple times been like, I give up. I'm just going to tell everyone everything. But then it never happens, right? Same thing with Sam. I'm going to tell my wife. I should have told her a long time ago. But yet he does not. He continues not to. So... I was like, I don't know what's going to happen with Whitney. Maybe she won't. She's going to be the same. We'll see. Of course, Sheridan and Luis are coming back from the cabin where she almost got murdered. And uh, she's giving him the sound treatment. They stop off at a little local, I don't know, restaurant. And what happens there? But there's like four dudes with cowboy hats from the rodeo or something. And one of them invites Sheridan to dance. So she does. And they like all start dancing with her. She, like, to her exhaustion, she's just being passed around and basically begging Louise, like, save me. And it's funny and weird at the same time. But in the end, he does come to her aid. He dances off with her out the door into the car. So very goofy little moment, but I appreciated that levity there because they've just been hateful to each other so much, so spiteful. It's a little much, you know. But, yes, back to the hospital this makes sense that this would be asked of Charity, but Simone is basically telling Charity, you need to look into, have a premonition, and tell me what's going to happen to Chad. I want to know if he's going to live or die, you know, what's going to happen. 
And Charity says, basically, you know, I that's not how my visions work. It's kind of they just come in when they please and I, I can't control it. But then she does like close her eyes and very quickly just like smiles and like, oh, yes, Chad's going to be fine. At which point I'm like, you're lying, Charity. You are lying so clearly right now because every time you have a premonition otherwise you're always like gasping and freaking out so this little like close your eyes and smile bit is obviously a lie i thought it was cute though like that she would lie you know for the benefit of simone and everyone else really but to make her feel better because that's sort of like the first time i feel like charity has done something that's kind of i don't know real like that gives an impression that she may be a real person that she has a perspective and thoughts going on in her head. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but this is kind of like the first time she's done something that is not perfect and pure because she's lying. At least in my impression, she's lying, but she's doing it for a good reason and which I would understand. So I don't know, but that's like, I started to understand Charity slightly. And there's a couple other times in these episodes where she gives like a face that's kind of like, I don't know, perturbed or like not taking any of your shit or something. And I like that too, because again, it's like, okay, is Charity starting to exist now? She's starting to not just be a pure, innocent, blank slate? I don't know, but I like it. I want to like Charity. I just don't at this point. You know, I want her to have a purpose. I want there to be a reason why Lu um, Luis, <laughs> why Miguel is so wrapped around her. You know, why? Why does he love someone who has nothing to offer except potentially being, uh, I guess, pretty? But if she has a personality, then it makes more sense. So she's like tiptoeing towards suddenly having a personality. So I'm, I'm appreciating that, but it's really slow going at this point. That's what my thoughts are at this point. And the funny thing, okay, the evil disco ball or the disco ball of death that Charity continues to see in her visions, Grace is making that disco ball in Charity's room. And I don't understand that. Is she literally making it or is she like fixing it up? Because I know my mom has a disco ball and, you know, from the 70s and like some of the little glass pieces fell off over time. And so I wonder, is Grace just fixing up her old disco ball or is she making this from nothing? I would hope it's, you know, fixing it up because otherwise that is incredible and that would take so much time. And I, I will be shocked because you got to have all those tiny little squares everywhere. Anyway, why is she even making a disco ball? Is that like a prom needs a disco ball? I don't know. Prom 2000 disco? I, I don't know. Just a little bit weird with that disco ball making its appearance and being in like every scene. Anyway, that was fun to me. So Teresa and Ethan, they go home. They, they manage to get home. But Teresa left her damn computer at the place. And guess what? Aside from having all her work on it, she also has her personal diary on it. Girl, you should not be using company <laughs> stuff for your own personal aim. I guess I don't know if it's company property, but I don't assume she would have a laptop. But maybe she would. I, I'm assuming, though, that came from her job. Uh, but I have no idea because actually it turns out like Sam maybe got a laptop for his daughters too because Kay has one later we find out and so does Simone so and they're not cheap in this time so I don't know everyone just has laptops they also have some, all have the same laptop it looks like a ThinkPad <laughs> but yeah it's like wow interesting I guess back then maybe there would also be less choice between the laptops right um 
either way, thought that was interesting. But yes, Julian ends up with the laptop because he, you know, it was in his room that he ended up taking to stay with his actual girl he was trying to meet in Bermuda. He's like, ooh, I found her diary. Yes, it's delicious. I hate you, Julian. I hate you so much. Oh, my God. Fortunately, he does not get to read her diary because um, Teresa finds out that it's probably with Julian and just snatches it up from him ahead of time. So good. Good, 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 good. And then we're back, you know, now that Sheridan and Louise are back in harmony, it's like, okay, what's the next steps? The FBI is involved because she was almost assassinated by this European drug cartel person who totally snitched, which is funny. Um, and they decide, okay, we're going to have someone here to take care of you. They're, we're going to have basically a bodyguard 24-7 on you. And he is Luis. Why? The FBI just nominated him for this job, uh, even though he clearly, you know, he's not an official, he doesn't have, like, practice with being a bodyguard, but he's going to do it because he saved her life again. So, sure, whatever. So that's that plot point there. Back to the hospital, Whitney kisses an unconscious Chad because she's like, maybe Teresa's right, maybe this will bring him back. And that's cute, and it seems like it actually does, because when she walks away from the room, Chad, like, moves a little bit. So I think that the implication is, yes, her kiss did bring him back from unconsciousness. Wow, that's true love right there. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of what else happened in that story. Okay, so just to wrap that up, you know, she keeps going back into Chad's room. Of course, Whitney, you know, obviously has feelings for him. But he does eventually wake up and he wakes up and says, basically, you know, don't get your mom yet. I need to talk to you because I heard what you said, basically her confessing her feelings to Chad. So, yeah, that's where I left off. So I'm curious to see what Chad's going to say next. If he has like somehow amnesia, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> um, but well, it doesn't seem like they're pointing to that. But if he does, I'm going to flip. OK, so yes, yeah, so let's get back to Ethan and Teresa. They end up both spontaneously at a movie together, a movie premiere where it's a movie about what? It's about a rich man and a poor woman or something like that in the drama of them trying to get together. Teresa runs out of the movie crying, so Ethan goes out to comfort her. When he goes out there, he just looks at her and then he makes out with her. And I was freaking out and wondering, is this real or is this a dream? Because that's always the question on this show. Is it really happening or not? But it turns out, yes, he does totally start making out with her hardcore. That's real. That happened. Ah, uh, when he breaks away from her, he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did that. Ah, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm sorry. I know you love that guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. But yeah, I know you love me. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I did, you know, my first my father is freaking out on you. And now it's me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Um, and then he runs away pretty much. And Teresa is, you know, over the moon. Because this is the clearest thing yet that, you know, he fully kissed her intentionally. Eyes wide open this time, knowing it was her. You know, the whole thing. It's clearly not a mistake or an accident. It was legitimately he came up there and kissed her for a long time too so you know Teresa's so excited about this Ethan is concerned he tells his 
cousin, of course, Sheridan, who is shocked, as she should be. And Sheridan says the best thing, which is, friends do not kiss each other passionately on the lips. Yes, Sheridan, you're right. You're so right. Um, and yeah, so Ethan is basically just continuing on this track where he realizes he has feelings for her, uh, ter for Teresa. He doesn't think he's in love with her. He thinks that it's because Sheridan is gone that he's like straying and because everyone has said that he loves Teresa that he is straying. But honestly, dude, you need to have some, you know, restraint or realize it's your fault. It's you. It's nobody else's fault. It's you. If you can't, if you truly couldn't stay away from your wife or wife-to-be for like a couple of weeks without falling into some other woman's lap, like you got a problem um and that's not okay or normal and that's not how other people should be behaving in these marriages these monogamous marriages so uh yeah ethan you gotta fix yourself stop trying to blame everyone else or like that it's somehow not your fault it's just like you're going nuts you can't control your body like stop it stop it ethan it's you figure it out what you want in life and go for it <laughs> so i mean that's what's going on with Ethan and Teresa at this point and it's you know it's, it is what it is then there's the whole Sam and Ivy and Eve thing happening Eve finally betrays Grace directly because Sam was going to take Grace out on their ship and just have a romantic evening or whatever there on the ship I didn't even know he owned a ship but he does um so they were going to go out. But Ivy finds out and is like, okay, you got to make sure that she cannot get on that boat. I'm going to get on the boat instead. Sam won't even know and we're going we're gonna to have a beautiful time together. So Eve does help. And it's pretty shocking to me because I've been like, no, she, she'll never do it. They'll keep having this drama, but she's never going to actually betray Grace. But she does. What she does is, for one, she takes the phone off the hook in their house, the landline, of course. And then she turns back the clock in the living room and makes sure that Grace stays in the living room with her. So that Grace thinks that, you know, it's totally not even time yet to go on the boat. And she doesn't get any phone calls from Sam asking where she is or anything. You know, nothing of the sort. She's just going to be blithely here missing out on this romantic evening. Although apparently Eve only set the time back one hour. So I don't know how that's really going to change that much. But whatever. So, yeah. I felt bad at that point. I'm like, Eve, no, don't turn to the dark side. Now that just gives Ivy more ammunition in the future. She can say, you know what happened then? You know, that was Eve. She made that happen. You know, I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. I wish Eve would have just, you know, given up the ghost and just let the cards fall and just, you know, deal with it. Like an adult. Okay, like an adult. That reminds me, I haven't seen TC in a while. Where did he go? Is he going to get a new actor? I hope not. I like TC as well. I don't want any of them. I, I clutch them all dearly. I don't want any of the actors to disappear. Except for possibly Jessica's actor already changed. I'm, not, I'm still not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah. So that's going on. Ivy gets on the boat. I don't know how she knows it's his boat. Anything. How she got on. Like our boat's locked. I don't know. Anyway, Ivy gets on the boat. Sam comes on. He hears someone in the shower. He's like, oh, she's here already. My, my wife's here. I'm going to get off. You know, I'm going to dock, undock the boat and, and go uh, start going. Until he finds out it's Ivy. 
and Ivy is being a real freak. She is like basically destroying the boat. First she like throws his phone overboard and then she throws a compass overboard and then she like throws off other things like rope and, and other things that you might need. Oh like the radio I think she gets rid of as well. And it's like what are you doing Ivy? You are destroying everything on this boat and like what's gonna happen? Like can this boat ever come back to dock? Um, and she like lets off some rope or something and then it gets even worse because what happens next is that thing knocks Sam overboard and that would hurt. Like that's a big wooden thing that just like slammed into him. Fortunately, he just like, gets right back on the boat. I thought it was going to be more dramatic than that, but he just gets back on and he's like real pissed, which yeah. And he decides, you know, screw all this. I'm coming back to shore and we're going to just deal with whatever happens, right? Even though this looks very bad with him and Ivy on the boat and Ivy and her like weird little fringe purple negligee whatever clothing going on. Um, so yeah, it's going to look bad, especially because now Grace is on the deck or not on the deck of the boat, but she's on the dock. Yes, there we go. Sorry, I don't I do not do boat stuff, so I don't really know the terminology. But also Julian shows up there because he wants to talk to Sam to say, like, can you get the FBI to change their mind and not have Luis work with Sheridan? Because we don't want our secret to be unveiled about the fake Luis mask thing. Anyway, so they get back to the dock. And what does Ivy do? She, like, hides under this tarp. And nobody finds her, fortunately, for, you know, secrets of everyone still kept. And then Grace is okay because the, she is gaslit again. That he was, that Sam was just going to go, you know, do a test run beforehand. Before, you know, seeing Grace and going on their way together. Julian's like, wow, well, you're real stupid because this boat was missing all of the necessary safety tools. That, obviously, Ivy threw overboard. But yes, so that kind of kind of blows itself over that nobody knows anything, though Grace did have a feeling that something bad was happening because she also has premonitions. It just runs in the family. Although she doesn't see them, she just like feels intense emotion, which we've seen before in the show. Like with her uh, sister, her twin sister, she would have strong physical emotional reactions and like feel things like when the house was on fire she felt it she felt that drama anyway so shit sheridan so ivy ends up falling off the boat like she rolls off of it into the lake or the harbor whatever so she gets all wet but she is safe she doesn't get discovered by anybody except for eve who just kind of laughs at her while she's paddling in the water which i love you know have some fun eve <laughs> you know torment the tormentor you know whenever you can so i thought that was fun all right so we finally get back to the pl prom plot which i thought was basically disappeared except for we saw a disco ball appearance and charity still having visions but they are working on the prom they're getting ready at the dance place or the the no they're they're getting ready on the ship aren't they they're updating it with decorations and still things are you know cherry's not having a good time she's still freaking out about it still having visions of disco balls in the water and that's what it is Kay is still trying to prepare to do the carry treatment by dropping i guess fish onto her but that hasn't happened yet of course the prom hasn't begun there's a really random moment where i think it's the day of the prom i'm, I'm honestly not sure but 
Kay and Simone need to finish their project and turn it in on their computers before a certain time or else they'll never be allowed to go to prom? I guess it's like a final. I don't even know that people were submitting things like via email for finals or for reports or projects in 2000. That's pretty impressive, honestly, like that you would have that option. Anyway, they're like unable to send an email, <laughs> which is a very 2000s thing, I would say, not knowing how to use email. Uh, but Charity helps, which is kind of ridiculous that she's apparently now a computer whiz because she's like, and she gives an explanation too. Like they didn't have to give an explanation. The writers didn't to like, but they did. Basically she's like, oh, there's something funny about like the drives. It, for some reason it won't upload on the C drive. So I just put it on to the A drive and then it worked. I'm like, what the heck girl? That's like a totally legitimate thing too. Like I've seen problems like that where for whatever reason, the way things are coded, it's literally looking for a specific drive. Um, so I thought that was very strange that they gave an explanation and that suddenly she's now a whiz. Like I'm in my head, I thought she's okay. Charity's now a programmer. I mean, that's not programming, but I, I just had a little giggle at it myself. So yeah, I was like, I totally forgot about prom though. So I wonder if that's finally going to take place ever anytime soon. We've had so much other things going on that I like totally forgot about it, but it is what it is. It seems like that is gonna maybe happen soon. We'll see. Um, and then, oh my god, I forgot all about this, but Hank, you know, the people who have been mysteriously calling him, trying to get him to do something, they finally, like, gang up on him and beat him up to show him a lesson, to know that he needs to work for them still. He can't just stop working for them. We still don't know what it is he's doing, but that's the thing. So they beat him up, and then I think Kay is walking on the pier and finds him. She's like, oh my god, that's my cousin. I don't know how my cousin. My uncle Hank. Um... So maybe we're finally going to have some people start explaining what's going on with Hank. I don't know. Maybe that's just going to pe- keep being a secret. I've always thought like he's either, like an assassin or something, like a hitman. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, so that's what has been happening in these last series of episodes. And as always, I am intrigued to know what's going to happen next. I have no idea, but I want to know. So that's why I'm going to keep watching and recording more episodes. So I'll see you again soon.